This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and television program. Presented by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for our latest lineup, special offers, and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. This is Golf Talk Canada Year in Review Special. Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, Adam Scully as we break down 2017. All the highlights, all the lowlights, all the stories, all the headlines. And you can't talk about 2017 without talking a lot of Canadiana. Uh, I mentioned previously in our Year in Review Special that we could do an sh- entire show quite easily on just the year that was in Canada. In fact, maybe we'll do that at some point over the off season. But for today, let's talk about just the Canadian golf story of the year. If you had to pick just one out of the dozens you could go over professional golf on men's, ladies tours, amateur tours, stories behind the scenes. There are so many different places you can go. Bob, for you, I know, you know, obviously you cover, you're covering Canadian golf 24-7, uh, you're close to a lot of these people as well that you cover. And I know that this was probably a hard category for you, knowing how much we pull for our boys on tour and Hadwin and Hughes. And there's some new guys now making their debut in 17, 18. Uh, but there's so many different ways you could go. Where did you go, Canadian Golf Story of the Year? Well, first off, I think it's great that there were so many choices to be made because mm. in past years, <laughs> it's been so yeah, obvious. There's been like against. one story. But for me, it actually was the CP Canadian Women's Open in Ottawa with Brooke Henderson and seeing what happened at that tournament uh, in her hometown, the crowds that came out, I have never seen anything like it outside of perhaps two other situations. One when David Hearn was in the final group at the RBC Canadian Open a couple of years ago and when Mike Weir had a chance to play with Vijay Singh and had a chance to win. This was right up there with that. I mean, the crowds that were following her Every shot, every step of the way. I don't know how she pulled the club back on the first hole. They were like eight deep the entire first hole at the Ottawa Hunt and Country Club. And then, you know, when she was making the cut on Friday in almost dark, um, it was like she'd won the tournament. People, she sunk a, a, a long putt to kind of make the cut and then comes out on Saturday and shoots the course record uh, in front of another huge audience. So that, to me, was just the enormity of that event, the pressure that was on poor Brooke to try and play well, that she was able to respond on Saturday uh, you wrap that all up, and to me, that was easily the story of the year. It's amazing to me, too, Bob. I know she's 20 years old, and we talk about her a lot, and and, and rightfully so. She's done so much so soon in her career. Uh, and I guess you could, I guess this is a bit of a redundant statement, because I, I'm, I'm guessing you could say this about any athlete that finds so much success at a young age. Maybe not all. You know, Jennifer Capriotti, for instance, you know, put that, you know, a name like that out there, and it isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. However, the way Brooke handles herself away from the golf course, like outside the ropes, and the example she showed that week that you're referring to, you, you were commenting to me when you got home, the way she managed herself, the way she managed all the expectations, the way she spoke to media, fans, etc., and was kind of there wearing every a hat for everyone, and then fights to make the cut in course record? Come on. <laughs> I know. It's it's pretty impressive to watch this young gal. And, you know, you never know what route. With women's golf, you know, sometimes women decide that they're going to branch off and they're going to have a family, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Lorena Ochoa. Sometimes yep. they just battle on through Julie Inkster. They keep playing. So we don't know what the future is going to hold for Brooke. Right. But, boy, if she keeps going at this pace, it's going to be pretty impressive to, mm-hmm. to go along and watch the ride. Certainly is. Scully, uh, so many different ways. And, obviously, Brooke, you know, is she... She is the, you know, 
most successful professional golfer we have, period, end of story, sure. right now. With all due respect to all our great players who have wins on the PGA Tour, etc. Mm-hmm. But this is a favorite when she tees it up in majors, okay? Not not someone in majors, a favorite when she tees it up in majors alongside maybe two or three other potential names on that given week. Uh, did you go down the Brook Road? Did you go another way? There's so many different angles here. I decided to go down the Mackenzie Hughes uh, Road uh, on more, I guess, of a personal level. Um, working, I, I do some work in the, in the TSN Sports Center newsroom, and when he won, or he was in the final round last Sunday. Sorry, not last. It was last year around this time on the Sunday. Um, the Sanderson Farms. No, at, at the RSM, RSM Classic. Oh, sorry, the Anderson, at, RSM. At the RSM Classic. It was, it's a Sunday in the newsroom, so the NFL's on. Everything's on. But for some reason, everyone was sort of huddled around my pod where the golf was going on, what, the final three, four holes when Mac was in the hunt. And when they played that first playoff hole almost in the dark, and Billy Horschel missed a putt that was know, a foot and a half, two feet. It was uh, maybe a spike mark, and it was sort of we're coming back for the next morning. And to see Mac win the way he did, sort of flying it over the green, and they were wearing like snow pants out there. It was so cold that next morning during the playoff hole. And for him to make a putt from just off the green and see the fall, the next three guys miss to win his first PGA Tour event from how far he came and how much of a surprise it was, that was just an unbelievable moment, kickstarting one of the greatest years of Canadian golf I'd say we've ever seen. And, and what's interesting about that, too, is, and, you know, uh, we all know uh, Brad Fritch. He mm-hmm. was part of our, our Masters crew this year for TSN TV. And how hard it is to get starts in the early part or in the when you first take the jump from the web.com to the PGA Tour, the challenge is not only getting in fields at times, but then when you do get those valuable starts, you got to play well, where you fall down that priority list when they start mm-hmm. reshuffling, and then you can't get in, and then you find yourself part-time on the web.com tour, and you're like, hold on, I thought I had a PGA Tour card. Why can't I peg it up? And it becomes all that more difficult to retain your PGA Tour status. The fact that Mackenzie Hughes goes out and wins early in his rookie season it's a life-changing moment. It changes the rest of his yeah. life overnight. He's locked in for two years. He's in the major championships. He plans his schedule. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically, uh, I, I don't want to put, you know, you hate to say it was so much weight in it, but there's a good chance if Mackenzie Hughes doesn't win, think of the, the how difficult it is if he doesn't win that tournament. Does he get the starts? He doesn't go to the Augusta. He doesn't go to the majors. He could be back on the web.com tour this year. Mm-hmm. And that's not a shot against him. That's the reality of not being able to access the tour with a tour card. On the on the other side of that equation is is to take a page from what Nick Taylor did. He did the same thing, one early, and then he said he kind of, you know, changed a little bit. Off. You kind of Take the pedal off yeah. a little bit, and you're, you still forget that you're just a rookie. You still forget that you're playing these tournaments right. for the first time, yep. seeing these courses that other guys have seen 30, 40, 50, 60 times. Right. So there's that warning, too. But I think Mac's a pretty smart guy. I think he's got that figured out. And, and, uh, 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 sorry, Skull, go ahead. No, I was going to say one other note on Mac. He uh, recently became a father. Yes, as well. yeah. saw so, that on Twitter. So a, a great, a great all-around year. And a Leaf fan, so I got to love him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the easy way out. Uh, which I did in a previous uh, category, I believe, as well. So this might be a theme. Uh, I'm going to say that just the overall uh, 
Canadian golf season in general, so I don't want to you know upset any of our LPGA fans and whatnot because Brooke is her own story, and plus we had so many other great young Canadian female players coming up, and 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 uh, players like Elena Sharp who are, were having career years and showing that they they're on the verge of winning, etc. But the year for me. Because I'm on the road quite often with the PGA Tour, it kind of it affects me personally. And when when you're doing PGA Tour radio play-by-play, like when Bob gets sent out on assignment from TSN, they, if there's a Canadian in the mix, they want to know the Canadian story. And Bob's doing mm-hmm. his one-on-one with Adam or his one-on-one with Mac or whoever. Well, it's the same thing on PGA Tour radio. If, there, if there's a Canadian in the mix and has an opportunity to do something on the weekend, yours truly gets to... Line up with him and call the action. And uh, so you, you definitely feel personally and emotionally invested in it. Uh, there's such a great group of guys out there on tour, as you guys know. And just the year that was on the PGA Tour, to have two wins from two different guys, to have a 59, to watch these guys play major championships. Uh, you know, it was c- quite the year. And I think 18 is going to be just as special. I- I'm mm. glad to see that Hernsey is going to get, by the looks of it, he's going to get like 16 to 18 starts with conditional status, which is absolutely fantastic because he deserves it. I know he went through some changes in the last 12 months and now some equipment changes again. And there might be apparently more equipment changes coming again, I'm hearing. Uh, but, you know, maybe Dillette c- can be healthy. Yeah. Who knows? That is a huge story. Question mark itself. I'm sure hope so. But Ben Silverman out there. and the, It's just there's so many stories. But the year that was uh, on the PGA Tour was just so much fun. And I think we have to, you know, add this to this conversation, even though it wasn't a pick for many of us. We have a few minutes left here before we go to break. The Glen Abbey saga. Hey. As a story, I don't, you know, I don't want to make it uh, Canadian Golf Story of the Year because I would rather go cup half full on Canadian yeah. Golf Story of the Year because I, I, we could line up ten stories that are awesome in Canadian golf this year and go, those are golf Canadian Golf Story of the Year. And the only one negative on that board would be the fact that the lawyers are going to make a bunch of money fighting in court with municipalities, fighting in court with private ownership over uh, who has the right to do what with the property of Glen Abbey. And the golf community is going to lose. Lawyers are going to win. We're still in the dark. And we know one thing, Bob, the last Canadian Open in Glen Abbey history will certainly finally, because we've been saying this for two, three years (laughs) now, will finally be played in 2018. We can sing Glen Abbey's swank song. Where it goes from here, though, who knows? Lots of different options out there. They're going to have to find some spot because if they do build a new course or build a new facility, it's not going to be ready by 2019 no. at this point. So, yeah, there's, you know, the, the, the whole Glen Abbey saga is sort of, um, it's dirty in some ways. Yeah, You've yeah. got one side, you know, saying it's a historical spot and the other side saying well, we're going to plow it under if we can't build on it. And it just really kind of a sad sort of finale for what's been a great golf course. And I don't know, I don't have a stake in it. I don't care if it, if it gets built on or not. Um, it's going to be gone. It doesn't matter to me if it's going to be gone. They they put a grocery store in Maple Leaf Gardens, so I mean exactly. they can do anything, right? Well, I will say this too uh, before we go to break: that you know I'm a capitalist at heart, uh, and I believe that Clublink, as the owners of that property, it was a very transparent process. At no point were they trying to hide the fact or disguise the fact that they were trying to sell Glen Abbey. So they you know they did things very transparently. Um, so I believe in private ownership. I believe that someone has the right, uh, right, an entity like Clubling has the right to do with that land the way they want. Um, that being said, now that it's come back this way and council and, you know, governing uh, political uh, 
committees have suggested that they don't, I wish they would swallow the pill a little better. I agree with them. They should be able to do what they want with the land. But to say we're just going to plow it over, to play that card, I don't like that card. It's it's sour in my mouth. Fight it a different way. Keep it a golf course until the day you win the battle to do what you want with it. To plow it and leave it, if that's the way this goes, Bob, that's a crime and a shame. To plow it under, to me, is just as bad as trying to say it's a heritage site. Both those things, you know, it's it's great. It's, there's been a lot of great golf there, but does that make it a heritage site? Uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I think that's more people saying, "I don't want to, uh, I don't want to have uh, buildings in my backyards or whatever." Yeah. So it's 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 all as you said. It's all going to get decided by the lawyers. On the other side, Tiger talk, and we could do a whole show again on Tiger. Mm-hmm. But now with the recent developments of him playing in the Hero World Challenge. Man, we could go forever. So this talk might be quite different than what it would have been, say, a week ago, a month ago, half a year ago. We'll talk Tiger next. This is Golf Talk Canada, year in review. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision, crafted performance. Visit Acura.ca for our latest lineup, special offers, and dealer incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new P790 irons with speed foam technology. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome to our year in review special as we break down 2017. Now, 2017, most of the Tiger talk was quiet. Is he going to play? When will he play? Is retirement coming in the future? Uh, how is he healing uh, DUIs and back in the news for wrong reasons? And then a highlight of him as the assistant captain, as a popular guy in the dressing room at the President's Cup. And there was so much Tiger talk. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he gets the green light as uh, the doctors suggest he is cleared for full golf activity. And then in seemed to be, I don't know, it was over, almost overnight now, Part of the field at the Hero World Challenge. Obviously, he is tied to this event. His foundation is tied to this event. This is at the Albany Club, which is owned by the Tavistock Group, which Tiger has been close to over the years, living at Isleworth, uh, having an affiliation with the Albany Club, etc. Let's just start with this. Uh, Adam Scully, a few weeks ago, known as the Chris Angel Mind Freak now, uh, suggested that Tiger would make his return at the Hero World Challenge. Bob, you, you were thinking more of the Florida swing uh, in 2018, and I suggested I'm still not convinced he's going to play at all. Boy, <laughs> was right. I wrong. Were we all off, except uh, for one guy. Scully had it, so I'm not going to ask Scully this question. I'm going to ask you this question. How surprised were you when you got that, uh, when you saw the uh, announcement come out that I am in the field? Yeah, I mean, if you go back, say, a month I'm and, and take my temperature then, I'm very surprised it came this early. As we got closer and closer to the time when he did announce it, you know, you could see every week he was releasing another slow-motion video of him, even including a club twirl. So it wasn't quite as shocking. And then when you put it in perspective, um, you know, from the time he announced it to the first tee, there's a, like a month there still, so he could, he could get himself a little bit more in shape. And I think, I think it makes sense in a lot of ways. A, it's four rounds. So he's going to play four rounds. He'll be able to take the temperature of how his body's healed. Two, it's it's a hit and giggle. It's it's uh, more or less like a skins game. It's fun. There's no pressure on him. He doesn't have to worry too much. Um, 
three. It's for it's his own tournament. It's his sponsor exemption. <laughs> he gave him to himself. So there's a lot of reasons why. I think the bigger question will be, what's the next tournament he plays? All right. So I was going to ask you three questions. I'm going to ask you these three questions, and I'm going to go to Skelly for the same three questions. Does he complete four rounds? Does he break 75? And where does he play next? Yes, he play all four rounds. Uh, he looks to me fit, healthy, pain-free in the swings we've seen him. Um, yes. What was the second one? Does he break 75 <laughs> yeah. at any point? In, in one of the rounds, he will. Okay. In one of the rounds, he will. I don't say, think he'll break all four because I think there's still a little bit more going on with uh, between the melon parts that, uh, that needs mm-hmm. to get uh, tournament ready. And I think, I think the next time you will see him will be Bay Hill. That's I'm going to guess. No, that's a gap. That's that a, gap, a gap, but I think gap, uh, I think a lot of it. He wants says still says he wants to come back slowly, so I think that would be a smart move. I, he'll probably come back before that, but that would be my guess. All right, Adam Scully, same question to you. I'm not going to uh, ask you the question. Are you surprised because you predicted this? So <laughs> if you are surprised at your own prediction, uh, that's even more shocking a moment. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you the uh, three questions: Will he complete four rounds of golf? Does he break 75, and where does he play next? I think he will complete four rounds of golf. I think there will be one round of 75. Everything will be sub-75 other than that. Three rounds sub-75. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget, he's mind freak. Wow. Okay. Tiger and I are on this wavelength. Yes, Yes. (laughs) Chris Angel has nothing on Adam Scully. Vulcan mind meld. Although, I I will, I'll answer your question, then pick uh, Pick up on what, Bob, on what Bob said after. Um, I think he's going to come back at Torrey next year. I, I think he's going to come back to a golf course that he knows. He, he did it last year as well and and didn't uh, fare too well playing with uh, DJ and Jason Day. They were all just awful on that first day. I remember that very well. The one thing I hope Tiger doesn't do uh, is come out with this very aggressive schedule and say, hey, I'm going to play for the next five weeks and just go out and fly half, half you know halfway across the world and you know, hurt your back again. Right. Um, but one thing that uh, that we were all sort of surprised with at the President's Cup sitting there in that news conference, my feeling was that we may never see Tiger again. It was the first time he's ever openly said, I'm not sure what my future holds. You know, I, I, when, when a reporter asked, you know, like, could you see the possibility of never playing professional golf again? He said, yeah, I, I really could. Mm-hmm. And to, to be hitting 60-yard wedge shots, very straight with a chuckle. And then... I think on the Tuesday or Wednesday after the President's Cup, he, he releases the slow-mo, the smooth iron shots, and then to quickly go to, go to a driver and the stinger, of course. It ha- all happened very quickly. For me, when I sort of, I guess, realized that the hero was a definite possibility was when Hank Haney came out with his comments last week that we recently played on Golf Talk Radio, where he says, I don't think he's going to play the hero. I know he's going to play the hero. Which, yeah. was, which is, I thought was pretty interesting. So you've got him at uh, every round under 75 with the exception I, of one yes. that is 75 yeah. on the button. You've got him yeah. completing four rounds of golf, and you have him playing next to Torrey Pines. Yes. I'm going to change my mind really quickly on the tournament he's going to come back at. It's going to be the Genesis Open, a.k.a. His, L.A. L.A. and his event. At his event. All exactly. Right. I forgot all about that. I, I am going to... Uh, 
I'm going to obviously contradict everybody here because I, <laughs> I'm so different on Tiger. And again, I would like to preface this by saying I hope I'm wrong. You could still be right, you know, with your initial prediction because he might not play in 2018. That's right. It's still not 2018. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm going to suggest he does play all four rounds of golf. I think he completes the golf tournament. I think he breaks 75 once. I think he shoots between 75 and 79 twice. And I think we may see a round of golf if we get a windy day at Albany Uh-oh. with an eight in front of it. Ooh. Okay? If if we get a windy day. If we don't get wind, he'll shoot four rounds in the 70s, one of them sub-75. I expect a lot of 76, a lot of 77. If the wind kicks up, I think you could see an eight in front of it. Now, the one thing I have learned about Tiger over the years is he claims to be patient and take his time, yet his actions say something completely different. And I don't know if it's ego or if it's the uh, desire to be competitive, as Bob outlined, that's all this guy knows. And it's it's he's a machine. A com- he's a competitive golfer. He was built to be a pro golfer. So maybe it's all he knows. Or maybe it's a competition of both. I would like to see him return to the PGA Tour at the Honda Classic, the, which is basically the start of the Florida Swing. Why? Because it's warm. It's warm in the Bahamas at the Albany. And it is warm at the Honda Classic. And if you are still doubting your physical ability in any way, your back or things of that nature, heat helps. Warmth helps. Four days in Palm Beach Gardens sleeping in your own bed. That's a home game for him. The Honda Classic's down the street. I think that should be his return day. Then he could also play Bay Hill, and then he could also go to the Masters. He could have two tournaments in the heat before he gets to Augusta. That's what should happen. What is going to happen is what <laughs> one of you two said. He's either going to show up at Torrey, or he's going to show up because of his foundation at uh, Genesis. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, I did L.A. last year in February for the Genesis. It was cold. <laughs> it rained every day. It was damp. Let's talk about Marine Layer at uh, San Diego for Torrey Pines in early morning tea times when you're pegging it up at 49 degrees Fahrenheit in a Marine Layer. Usually long, rough. Long, rough. Not good for your back. So what Tigers should do? Wait and play Honda, play Bay Hill, go to the Masters. What he will do is what one of you two said, and it's a mistake. Because if you're going to tweak something, you're going to tweak it in cold, damp weather. And that's what you're going to get at those events. So once again, I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) I hope he does the smart thing and waits for a home game at Honda in the heat in his own bed and baby steps, walks before he can run. Yeah, I hope that's it. But... Sorry, boys. I think his ego is going to get in the way, and we're going to see him in the fog. Well, there's tons of. I wish we could just uh, just do t- like an all Tiger winter here. I know Jeff McDonald; he's listening for sure. Our program manager <laughs> at 1050. He wants an all Tiger, oh, yeah. uh, 90 minutes all Tiger all the time. Jeff, maybe we'll all do week, that all over. winter. Maybe we should have Jeff in for a winter show and do a Tiger show. Sure. And we, I like he, that. Yeah, he'd like that. I think. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> and we can watch the two of us argue for 90 minutes. I should be the three of you against me for 90 minutes. Well, there's so much to come from Golf Talk Canada. So much more year in review special. Uh, we'll be doing it throughout the uh, winter. Lots to get to on Golf Talk Canada. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new P790 Irons with Speed Foam Technology. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. 
This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. This is Golf Talk Canada, part of our Year in Review special series as we break down the year that was in 2017. Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, Adam Scully. Uh, so much to get to in the year of 2017. Underrated performances of the year, overrated performances of the year, the oh my God moment, predictions for 2018. So much to chew on. We've talked Tiger over the year in review specials. We've talked disappointments and Canadian golf stories, etc. But uh, LPGA had what I'm going to say, with the exception of Brooke Henderson, for me, as the constant and the consistent, maybe, especially in the latter half of the LPGA season. The LPGA, for me, was more about question marks and and just bizarre activity and behavior and head-scratching material more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Adam Scully, we'll go to you. We'll start with you. For the LPGA, what is your story of the year? Well, there was a great moment. Uh, I guess it would have been sometime in August. Uh, Stacey Lewis said that she was going to donate all of her winnings at the Cambia Portland Classic to the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. She hadn't won in over three years. So, you know, to come out and say this, it was it was a very kind gesture of her. And what does she do? She goes out and wins. It was it was one awesome. of the it was one of the most must see, not even golf moments, just sort of sporting it's, moments. Human human moments. A humanizing right? moment yes. where, where people you know, everyone is it was a time of need. Uh, and uh, it was a time of trouble around, you know, with, with what was going on with the hurricanes. Um, but for her to do that, uh, it was just simply remarkable for it to happen. And for her sponsor, KPMG, to match the 195000 U.S. that she won was pretty remarkable. And for Marathon Oil as well, they also donated $1 million. It's pretty amazing. It's a great story. You know what I like, Hugh Scully, is that, I got to tell you, for LPGA Story Player of the Year, uh, sorry, Story of the Year, excuse me, unlike when we talked about the Canadian golf theme of the year, the Canadian golf story of the year, we could have put 10 stories on the board, nine of them would have been positive, one of them would have been negative. With the LPGA Story of the Year, I almost feel like it could have been the opposite. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. went with the one story that I think that, you know, with uh, uh, with the exception of Brooke having another good year, but just... LPGA story of the year. Most of them for me are negative. You took the highlight reel, the good story. Glass half full. Uh, glass half full. And it was a, a great story. It was a great human story. Uh, the timing was perfect. Yeah. Very movie script Hollywood mm-hmm. material. Exactly. Incredible. Great story. Bob, LPGA story of the year. Well, on our previous show, we talked about Brooke Anderson in Ottawa. So I'm not going to use that one. There were two stories to me that stuck out. One was a person. One was a tournament. And one... The person one was Lydia Ko, and what a sort of an off year she had. I mean, uh-huh. she, first time she did not win a tournament. Um, she had a couple of top, she had a couple of runner-up finishes, but really, other than that, you know, was just sort of out of the mix and never really seemed to be um, the dominant player she's been over the last three or four years of her career. Of course, new clubs, of course, new teacher, new caddy. I mean, all sorts of different things. It's a little bit like the Rory McIlroy story, but there was just no consistency to her game. And if you look at her results. They weren't terrible by most people's standards, but by what we've come to expect from Lydia Ko, not to get a win, to me, that was that was a bit shocking. The tournament story, to me, again, this is another one, like we were talking on the previous show about uh, the Lexi Thompson incident. 
a major championship got shortened to 54 holes. The Evian Championship, mm-hmm. just because they had some bad weather, they said, oh, well, we're going to shorten it. You don't shorten major championships. No. And I know there's five of them on that tour, but still, these have to hold importance. You cannot simply just say, oh, we're going to wipe a round out and, uh, and, and go with uh, 54 holes. That's not what happens with major championships. Absolutely ridiculous. And it's not the first time that, well, it's like a list of about 10 rules-related story themes that you could cover in the LPGA Tour this year that were just drop balls, right, Bob? They just, yeah, just, just completely dropped the ball like they've never run a tournament before. And I'm sure there are extenuating circumstances. Maybe the players all had flights home or, I don't know, maybe there was something going on with this tournament in, 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 in uh, France. But, man, that just, to me, uh, there were some, some of the decisions they took this year, that one included, were just head scratchers, as you suggest. Absolutely bizarre. I, I will say this. Uh, for me, you hit it right off the top. For me, Lydia Ko. Lydia Ko, for me, could have fit uh, a few categories on these year-in-review specials. Uh, Disappointment of the year she could have uh, fit into. Uh, uh, There's just, you know, surprise of the year, so to speak. For me, we're talking about a woman who has been as dominant as you can see an athlete. At a very young age, she started winning when she was like 14, 15 years old. She won the Canadian Open. Right, and (laughs) and this is a woman that won four times on the LPGA Tour in 2016, along with a victory on the European LPGA Tour, so five wins in the previous calendar year, and really didn't sniff a victory this year certainly didn't sniff an important victory this year. You went through all the changes, etc. To me, she is the LPGA story of the year. It is the equivalent, uh, I'll put it to you this way, Lydia Quo, four or five years into her dominance on the LPGA Tour. If I had gone back to the year 2002, 2001, and told you that Tiger Woods was going to go winless in the year of 2001 and 2002 on the PGA Tour, you would have said that is the shock of the year. Well, that's what just happened, guys. Mm -hmm. Lydia Ko just went winless on the LPGA Tour. It is mind-boggling. It is jaw-dropping. Now, I want to go around the horn with you guys on this one because there is somebody, in my opinion, that kind of almost, to a lesser degree, Fits the same role. And that gentleman is Rory McIlroy. He was obviously never been Tiger. He's obviously never seen the dominance of Lydia Ko. But this is one of the top players in the world for a very long period of time. A, a number one player in the world. A player that needs only one Masters to, to go on Mount Rushmore. Okay? And he is without victory. And he is tumbling on a spiral. Hopefully showing some signs on the European Tour recently. But not enough for me to go, oh, things are good. Who needs the win more first to salvage the upcoming season, to get off on the right track. Lydia Ko, does she need the W first in 2018? Or Rory, who is in danger of spiraling further without that victory, Bob? Ah, uh, man, that's a good Ooh. question. I'm going to go it's with what Lydia. I do. I'm going to go with Lydia <laughs> Ko, yeah. Thanks. I'm going to go with Lydia Ko. Um, because I think it's more of a shock to me that she didn't win yet. And Rory, you know, there's Rory has been a dominant player during his career, but the last couple of years he has not been so much the dominant guy. He's, he's won, also he's well. proven streaks for right. Rory, right? He's yeah. really good or he's really bad. Where Lydia's just always been Lydia's, really good. Lydia, Lydia to me is just like driving off the edge of a cliff. Like it's all of a sudden boom. And so I think she needs to get that win just to kind of satisfy her uh, her mind that she's not completely going crazy or something. I don't think she thinks that way, but that's what it looks like from the outside. And I think. If I was to say which one is more likely to win 
sooner, I would say Rory is, I, th- I think, actually. Yeah, I think You think he's closer to the path than she yeah, is, but she's so. the one that needs it more. Yeah. Okay, Adam, same thing to you. Who needs this more and why, and who's closer to the path? Well, I, I think Rory needs, uh, I guess, a win and a win of significance. When he won the 2014 PGA Championship, it's crazy to think that that was his last major win. It was three. It was now three-plus years ago. Uh, and if you would have said after he won that PGA Championship, hey, Rory McIlroy. By would, eight. Yeah. By eight. But that Rory McIlroy wouldn't go winless. Or he would go winless, and you know, until the 2018 season potentially in the major championship season. You would no think, one would have bet that. You're, you're crazy. Yeah. So I, I think in terms of, there's obviously an immense amount of pressure on Rory, uh, but once everything sort of settles down, maybe in his life, now that he's more that he's got, he's gonna have a full year under his belt with the gear. He's he's hopefully who knows whose caddy's gonna be. If he's gonna have a buddy, if he's gonna have someone of prominence on the bag, who knows? But I, I think he's someone who definitely needs a win. He needs it more than Lydia. I, I would think so. Who gets it first though? Uh, I'll I'll still go I'll still go ro- the Rory path, but it, it'll be, it will be close for sure. I will use the word streak to justify my picks on this. I will suggest to you that I'm more shocked at Lydia and she needs it more. And I'll say she needs it more than Rory because of the word streak. Rory has proven that he goes through downward spirals that are horrible streaks in the wrong direction, and he also rides streaks in the good direction. Lydia Ko has never been on a streak in her life. She's just been awesome, okay? Mm-hmm. It is <laughs> day in and day, day out, right? And they've both been through all the changes with the equipment, the personnel, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Rory uh, is more of an artist than he is a ta- uh, technician, a tactician, et cetera. And when you're dealing with art, it's unpredictable and sometimes doesn't make sense. And I think he will find the streak at some point again that will make no sense and he will ride that wave. And it won't mean that he fixed his short game. It just means he's on a streak. And it means that streak will also come to an eventual end. And we'll be right back where we are right now. There will just be a good streak in between. I think with a person like Lydia, as Bob's suggesting, I mean, that's a cliff. And, it, and, and once you have fallen off that cliff, and we have seen this in the LPGA in the past, you sometimes never come back from that darkness. Like, we have seen players get to number one in the world before. Um, Siri Pack. Who's the lady I'm forgetting out of uh, Lake Nona who was number one in the world uh, and was so dominant? Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> It'll come to me. Oh, uh, uh, Yanni Sang? Yanni Sang. Thank Sang. you. Yeah. Yeah. From the where are they now? Yanni Sang was going to be. We ordained Yanni Sang the next Annika Sornstam. She actually bought Annika's house in Lake Nona <laughs> off, the 16th, right. off the 16th hole. Okay? She was the next Annika. Where is Yanni Sang, guys? So we have seen it in the LPGA Tour, and I don't want to say this, but Lydia Ko is maybe 12 months away from the next Yanni Sang. And if that's the case, you don't come back from that. So I hope I am wrong. All right, lots to get to on today's show. And still, my next one, this is fun because we just threw this out there. The OMG moment of the year. This could go many ways. This could be my 46 putts in the first round of the Toronto Hunt Club Championship. <laughs> okay? The OMG moment of the year. What was the oh my God moment of the year? This is the Euro Review special right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Moto Caddy and Stewart Golf Dream Machines, the Canadian market leader in electric walking golf trolleys. 
Sold in over 30 countries around the world, they offer the widest selection of golf trolleys for players of all ages, abilities, and budgets. For more information, visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. This is Golf Talk Canada Year in Review, a special part of our series over the winter here in the offseason, like there is one. Uh, where we will break down the year that was, the stories of the year, moments of the year, etc. Uh, and this is a bit of a fun one. This is the because you could take this anywhere you want to go, and how it affects you personally. Uh, although you probably have this moment in common with some people, doesn't necessarily mean it affected everyone the same way. The OMG moment of the year, the oh my god moment of the year for 2017. Is what, Mr. Weeks? I'm going to take you behind the scenes to okay. Augusta National because I thought of this one or the, or the Masters. So Wednesday of, uh, of Masters Week, <laughs> there is a horrendous storm. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. In fact, the people whose house we were renting told us, said, um, just in case the storm gets really bad, the, play, where... the safe place you're going to go is downstairs in this one room because there were tornado warnings yes. and there were some tornadoes that landed uh, not far from where we were. Anyway, we're all back at the house because play has been wiped out, and we're all sitting around. We filed all our stuff for Sports Center. We're all maybe cracking a beer here and getting ready for to figure out what we're going to do for dinner. And the storm kind of then just passes a little bit, and all of a sudden the news breaks. Dustin Johnson has slipped and fallen down the uh, down the, the stairs. He's injured his back. Sports Center calls. We have to do something. You'll remember this, Mark. We were all running around. All of our gear is at the golf course. The golf course is closed. They will not let anybody on the property, including media. You cannot get into the property, so we have no, no gear. And this is a kind of a cardinal rule. We should always probably take one camera home. So we got out on the back deck with an iPhone <laughs> with a microphone cord I, that was made, I think, for, like, selfies and, uh, and, and YouTube videos. And we did a report into SportsCenter on Dustin Johnson's back and the fact that he looked like he was not going to make it to play. And this was the number one player, number one pick in the in the Masters. Uh, and it was just sort of like, oh my God, what are we going to do here with this? I, I totally remember that. the panic like it was yesterday, <laughs> yeah. but I totally forgot about this. But as soon as you mentioned the storm, I, well, <laughs> yeah. I know exactly where he's going. Just sprite me. Unbelievable. And Dean and Mark, if you're listening, we should always bring a camera. Our camera is, yeah, Dean. <laughs> we should always bring a yeah. camera. What, you're we, right. That we, was an oh my God moment. We did get it done. Because when that news broke... Uh, when it first came out, I, I my initial reaction was, ha ha, funny, okay. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a joke at Everyone first. It, and then, oh my God, this is real. The guy who's won three tournaments in a row yeah. is out. He did it by falling down a wet staircase. Oh my God, all the equipment's at Augusta. <laughs> oh my God, we can't get in Augusta. Oh my God, we got to shoot something. Like There was... Nine oh my god moments in a row <laughs> right. for the oh my god moment of the year. That was unbelievable, and uh, man, that felt that feels so long ago, doesn't Bob, it? Doesn't does, it? And it that does. was in the calendar year of 2017. <laughs> All right, skulls, the oh my god moment of 2017. Well, I, I have a couple. I, I'm going to start off with the President's Cup, and this was after this was Friday night, and uh, it was Bob. You and I were standing on, on uh, one of the fairways with our cameraman Mark. 
and uh, you were doing a hit for TSN.ca, and you said if the states uh, sweep the Saturday sessions, they could clinch the Ryder Cup. And I think that's not going to happen. Like, that's not really going to happen. <laughs> of course, Saturday morning, the U.S. <laughs> sweeps. Saturday afternoon, they're up pretty big in three of the four matches. I'm thinking, oh, my God, is this really going to happen? And then, of course, Anurban Lahiri goes in beast mode and, and sings some clutch putts down the stretch. So the oh, my God moment that nearly happened didn't quite happen, happen. but <laughs> that was a pretty unique moment. Well, just the fact that you like you came to the realization. It was like, oh my god, that this, that this could actually happen. This is not just yeah, fantasy league yeah. stuff. But a big oh my god moment as well was Jordan Spieth holding out from the bunker at Travelers to win that golf tournament in the playoff. That was a pretty crazy moment to think that you know under pressure with all that happening, you the Michael Greller uh, rake throw in the air. That was a pretty pretty cool moment, and one as well before I, I wrap up. Um, the Justin Thomas birdie of the PGA hanging on the lip for 10-plus seconds. That very was pretty cool. cool, too. That was very cool, was too. cool, too. You know, funny that you bring up the PGA, too, and something I didn't, I, I didn't consider. Do you remember J- J- uh, Jason Day uh, vaulting himself into that golf tournament on the weekend oh, and yeah. then trying to finish off what are you doing? on the 18th yeah. hole? What was yeah. that, a 10 or a 9? Or oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Into yeah. the portalettes. But I remember into the portalettes, into the water, into the trees. I'm yeah. like, that oh, is an oh-my-God finish. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, what is he doing? <laughs> exactly. Jason Day, moment of the year. Okay, for me, you hit it on Jordan Spieth, but I'm going to take a different Jordan Spieth OMG for the water cooler the next morning. There wasn't a single golf fan on the planet immediately following the final round of the British Open that was saying, oh my God, did you see the finish of the Open Championship? And for me, it was OMG for multiple reasons. Let's start on the 13th. Let's start uh, for the first 12 holes, okay? It's sloppy. Here we go again. Oh my God, he may potentially lose another lead in a Masters. This was the golden child. Remember, that's the nickname, the golden child. Nothing goes wrong for him. He was bulletproof. And then we saw the collapse on the Sunday at Augusta, right? And here we might go again. So there's an oh my God there. Then we get the 13. And he loses it 80 yards right. And for a year and a half, two years, I've been screaming that, you, you know, sooner or later, he, he has not addressed losing the ball right when he's under pressure and it's going to bite him. Well, sure enough, it bit him on 13 mm-hmm. at the Open Championship. Then the other, oh my God, moment, as Bob likes to outline, and I agree with him more often than not on this that the biggest challenge facing uh, the game of golf from a participation standpoint in the world is slow play, the amount of time dedicated to be to participate in the sport we love. And we have to watch a 25-minute circus sideshow of where Jordan Spieth is going to take his relief as Matt Kuchar rots on the sideline, and 25 minutes later, the putt drops on 13 Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. How could that take so long? Now, I always like to go back and say Jordan did apologize. He did take the gentleman route and apologize to Matt Kuchar. It doesn't erase the 25 minutes. And then the final oh, my God, of this moment is I saw Jordan Spieth do something that I've never seen Tiger Woods do in a million years. And this is a compliment to Jordan and also a compliment to Tiger at the same time. Jordan went from his D game. Hitting the ball like a 14 handicap, a complete chop. It was hard to watch. It sounded like garbage. It looked like garbage. It was unraveling mentally like garbage. And on the next tee, he almost jars it and flips a switch 
to his A-plus game, where he proceeds on the final few holes to basically run over Matt Kuchar and dominate. I've never seen anybody flip a switch like that. i never seen Tiger do that. Now, there's a compliment to Tiger. Tiger's never hit it as bad as that. He never had to go from D to A. You know, why Tiger was Tiger, I'm talking. I'm not talking the last couple of years where, you know, he's, he, he, I have a chance in a $5 Nassau against them, right? <laughs> I'm talking real Tiger. Never had to do that. I've never seen that. It shows to the mental strength and emotional character of Jordan Spieth. And the reason why, unlike every other best player in the world, Jordan Spieth can still win with his C game and nobody else can. And the only person that could ever do that before was Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And for me, that stretch of the Open Championship was my oh my God moment of 2017. There was also uh, another sort of funny oh my God moment. Um, Friday at the PGA Championship, getting dark, Rod Pampling... He almost happy Gilmore's that and and just gets the ball in play so they can finish the hole because they're all about a hundred shots over the cut. But the funniest thing was they had the pro tracer. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. Just duck hooked left. It was one of the funnier moments, and even even better watching DJ was playing with Jason Day, and and uh, you know Jason Day might not be the fastest player of all time, and and DJ wanted to get in because didn't want to get up early. And so all you see is DJ finish up on 17 and start sprinting to the 18th just so we can get yes. that ball off. Yeah. Yes. And then when Day and DJ, I believe they're running Stenson, down the hole, they're, they're walking up 18 and Day's giving DJ a big hug. That was, <laughs> that was Good pretty moment. Cool. That was pretty cool. All right. Oh my God. Moments of the year. What we got coming up next? We got some overrated performance of the year. What was you know hyped up or what was still talked about that we're now looking back and going, eh. What was that all about? That was all sizzle and no steak. We'll do it next. This is our year in review special right here on GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC.